0: We went along some more hallway, and she opened half of a double-glass door. I went in, and the door was closed behind me. It was so dark in there that at first I couldn't see anything but the outdoor light coming through thick bushes and screens. Then I saw that the room was a sort of sun porch that had been allowed to get completely overgrown outside. There was a reed chaise lounge over by the window. It had a curved back and enough cushions to stuff an elephant and there was a woman leaning back on it with a wine glass in her hand. Then my eyes got used to the light, and I could see her. She had pewter-colored hair set in a ruthless permanent, a hard beak, and large, moist eyes with a sympathetic expression of wet stones. She let me stand while she finished the port in her glass and put the glass down on the table and filled it again. Then she spoke. Her voice had a hard baritone quality and sounded as if it didn't want any nonsense. "'Sit down, Mr. Marlowe. "'I've never had any dealing with private detectives. "'What are your charges?' "'To do what, Mrs. Murdoch?' "'It's a very confidential matter, naturally, "'nothing to do with the police.' "'I charge $25 a day, Mrs. Murdoch, "'and, of course, expenses.' "'I see. "'And what is the nature of the expenses?' "'Little things that come up here and there, "'you never know.' "'I should prefer to know,' she said acidly. "'You'll get it all down in black and white.' You'll have a chance to object if you don't like it. And how much retainer would you expect? From people in your position, Mrs. Murdoch, I don't necessarily have to have a retainer. She laughed suddenly, and then she belched. My asthma, she said carelessly. I drink this wine as medicine. That's why I'm not offering you any. Here's the situation. Something of considerable value has been stolen from me. I want it back, but I want more than that. I don't want anybody arrested. The thief... "'happens to be a member of my family, by marriage, my daughter-in-law. "'I have a damn fool of a son, but I'm very fond of him. "'About a year ago he made an idiotic marriage without my consent. "'This was foolish of him because he is quite incapable of earning a living, "'and he has no money except what I give him, and I am not generous with money. "'The lady he chose, or who chose him, was a nightclub singer. "'Her name, appropriately enough, was Linda Conquest.' have lived here in this house. I've paid their expenses, given each of them a car, made the lady a sufficient but not gaudy allowance for clothes and so on. No doubt she found life rather dull. No doubt she found my son dull. I find him dull myself. At any rate, she moved out very abruptly a week or so ago without leaving a forwarding address or saying goodbye. What was taken, she went on, was a coin, a rare gold coin called a brasher doubloon, It was the pride of my husband's collection. I care nothing for such things, but he did. I have kept the collection intact since he died four years ago. It's upstairs in a locked fireproof room in a set of fireproof cases. It is insured, but I have not reported the loss yet. I don't want to if I can help it. I'm quite sure Linda took it. The coin is said to be worth over $10,000. It's a mint specimen. But pretty hard to sell, I said. Perhaps, I don't know. I didn't miss the coin until yesterday. I should not have missed it then except that a man in Los Angeles named Morningstar called up and said he was a dealer and was the Murdoch Brasher, as he called it, for sale. My son happened to take the call. He said he didn't believe it was for sale. It never had been. My son reported the conversation to Miss Davis, who reported it to me. I had her call the man back. I was faintly curious. Why were you curious, Mrs. Murdoch? I asked just to be saying something. If the man was a dealer of any repute, he would know that the coin was not for sale. My husband provided in his will that no part of his collection might be sold during my lifetime. I spoke to Mr. Morningstar. His full name is Elisha Morningstar, and he has offices in the Belfont building on Ninth Street. I told him the Murdoch collection was not for sale, never had been, and that I was surprised that he didn't know that. He hemmed and hawed and then asked me if he might examine the coin. I said, certainly not. He thanked me rather dryly and hung up. So I went upstairs to examine the coin myself, something I had not done in a year. It was gone from its place in one of the locked fireproof cases, What I thought then you can probably guess. I said, the part about Mr. Morningstar, maybe. Somebody had offered the coin to him for sale and he had known or suspected where it came from. How would it be stolen? By anyone in this house, very easily the keys are in my bag and my bag lies around here and there it would be a very sim-